By 10.30 that morning, according to my bulova, we were up to the hot gray rocks up beyond the whirring cricket sound in the woods just below the highest ledge. From there, we could see the whole town and into Cheshire and practically to New Haven too, and, and I almost imagined I could see the tops of the Yale castles all the way out to Sleeping Giant Mountain. From this height, it definitely looked like a sleeping man, head and nose, stomach and knees and even feet. Jimmy described in great detail what it would be like if the mountain giant awoke and stood up, crushing buildings and cars and churches, especially churches, because he would be angry at what men believed. Jimmy's stories were like the ones in Strange Tales or Amazing Stories comics, but they had his special personal things in them all the time because... The religion and God stuff was always there. Jose, who was Mexican and girlish, listened intently, his eyes very wide, gasping now and then, snorting and snuffing through his nose because he still had a cold, like he believed everything that Jimmy said, as if it were all quite possible. So I didn't think we were very careful when we started hiking up through the snake rocks. We were thinking of all sorts of other things, never actually expecting the reality of a snake. I don't quite remember exactly how the snake thing happened. It was so quick. Jimmy and Jose were very close, climbing through the rocks. They were talking, Jimmy telling more of his stories. I was behind them by just a little bit. It must have been like Jimmy said. He pushed around Jose and began pulling himself up through a very narrow space. One hand holding his spear, he put his other hand on a hot rock, and at first that was all he felt. Just rock and hot baking sun. But the rock was a little soft and lumpy. That was when Jose pulled up along him and saw where Jimmy's hand was. On a coiled snake, all golden and brown, its pattern and the color of the rock and sunlight and honey. Jimmy cried out and went pale and couldn't take his hand off because it was covering the snake head and pushing it down. When I reached them, Jose did something I'll never figure out. I mean, how could he have thought of it so quickly? He pushed Jimmy's hand off and in the same instant grabbed the snake's tail and yanked the snake into the air and began whirling it like a helicopter blade, yelling, Jole mia madre, jole mia madre, over and over and over. And I thought he was going crazy. But he kept whirling the snake so it couldn't get back to bite him. If he let go, we wouldn't have $75. He was crying and thinking, crying and thinking. And that was when he started snapping it like a whip, whapping his head against the rocks over and over, again and again. He didn't stop for maybe five minutes, just whirling and snapping and whirling and snapping, his face all red and his eyes all wet with tears. He was blubbering and yelling, with all sorts of stuff coming out of his nose and running down his chin like when you laugh too hard at lunch and the chocolate milk comes out of your nose. Only he wasn't laughing at all. He kept snapping the poor snake, bouncing its golden head off the rocks long after it was dead. Jimmy's legs were shaking and the pea stain was getting bigger in the middle of his pants and I threw up the carrot cake and the Mexican sandwich on top of a big hot bowler because I never even knew snakes had blood the same color as us. Finally, after we cleaned ourselves up, we did bring the dead snake down the mountain. And we did get the $75 reward. Only we almost didn't get it because they almost couldn't see the markings on the head. Also, we never gave them our real names because our parents might read about it in the paper. In the photograph, one of the men held the snake up and we made an excuse that we didn't want to touch it anymore, which was actually kind of true. It was really making me sick. 
all over again, this icky, thick, heavy, curled-up thing in a bag, all scaly and floppy and dead, and we stood in back and made sure our faces weren't very clear. But I think that Jimmy's uncle must have guessed it since he was the one who told him about it in the first place. The men at the newspaper office said it was the biggest and fattest copperhead they had ever seen and probably very poisonous. They said if Jimmy lifted his hand and got bit since he was so skinny, he probably would have died. Jimmy said he had a dream that night, one of those dumb ones that make plenty of sense while you are dreaming it and seem stupid when you are awake. In his dream, you would have to hunt and catch a really horrible snake. And just like we did, then bring it to the office. It would cut off the head of the snake and take a very fancy picture of it and pin that picture with your name on it to your shirt. And that's how they would identify you. Teachers and the police and church people and everybody. And maybe even your own mother. 